Shalom, Mishpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Jackie Duval. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is David Herzog. He is the founder of David Herzog Ministries, and his passion is to live in the presence and glory of God through intimacy with God in the Holy Spirit and to equip believers to do the greater works and bring the gospel to as many souls as possible in every nation of the world. He's been a guest before on our show many times. Welcome back, David. Hey, great to be back with you, Jackie. It's great to have you. So, David, you've been walking in the glory for many, many years now, but it all started with an impartation from Ruth Heflin. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was so hungry for God. I just had finished a six-month revival consecutive, you know, six months straight, five nights a week, and great things were happening. And at the end of that, I just felt tired, like, this is great, but uh, I want more. There's got to be something greater. And I just took a couple weeks off, and then— the Lord told me to go to see Ruth Heflin in Virginia from the mission field. So we flew all the way there. It was like January the 2nd, 1st or 2nd, 1999, I think it was. And I'm there, and she and she goes, oh, young man, you're speaking tonight. I said, oh, no, I don't want to hear myself speaking. I've been speaking for six months. I came all the way here to hear you. And she says, no, I'm a prophetess. You're supposed to speak. I was disappointed that I was the speaker. <laughs> that, that's, how, that's how tired you can be when you're disappointed that you're the speaker. And I get up there, and the glory just just zaps me. I start singing my message. I've never done that before. I sang all of Isaiah 60 and 61. I was thinking, what is going on with me? And then uh, the glory just exploded in the room like crazy. And then um, miracles started breaking out. Signs and wonders started appearing. Demons started coming out of people. It, it was crazy. It's not even the, the manifestation so much as it was when I got back to my room. I felt like I was on cloud nine, as if I was living in heaven. I didn't even know this room existed. I knew the anointing. I knew the goosebumps. I knew you know, healing gifts. I knew gifts. But I didn't realize this realm of heaven could be like 24-7. It was, I thought, well, it's mostly when you have your prayer time or when you, when you minister. And it was a whole new thing where I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in heaven. I'm gonna, I discovered a planet called heaven, and I was just lost in it. And I didn't think about ministry anymore. I didn't think about you know, anything. It was just, I just want to be with God. you know. And then out of that, when I would go back to minister, that that's when all these things started happening from this new realm of intimacy with the presence of God's glory. It was just – and it hasn't stopped since. I've not been able to get out of it, and I don't want to. I just want to go more and more and more. It's uh, – you get addicted to being so close to that presence of God and, and the glory of God, Jesus, the Father, Holy Spirit. You don't want to get out of it. It's it's hard to explain. And until you've been there, you have to have, experience it, and then people understand it. You know, you can logically write it out sometimes, but when you experience it, it just wrecks. It wrecks your life in a good way. That's so good. Now, tell tell us some testimonies that you're seeing recently. And this is in America. This is not even. Um, in other countries, but you're seeing things in America that are just amazing because the glory of God is showing up. And tell us about uh, several of those meetings you've been doing. Oh, yeah, we've been doing, uh, see what, recently we were in uh, 
where were we? San Diego. And uh, a guy has metal all over his body, hips, knees, legs. I mean, just he's like a metal man. You know, he, when he goes through the scanner at the airport, it, it just goes off like crazy. He can barely walk, run. He can walk, but he can't run. He can't bend down because it's the metal. And just got instantly healed. Like he feels all the metal's gone. He can do everything. He, he doesn't. The, the, there's no metal he can feel. He's bouncing up and down. Another one a few weeks ago in um, also in Southern California, an hour south of L.A., we did a big open air meeting with a stage and right in between two strip malls in a pretty bad neighborhood, um, which is a good place to do it. <laughs> That's where they need it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, tons of families got saved, and that was great. But the miracles were just crazy. Um, a paralyzed arm, completely paralyzed, starts moving it. Um, gosh, I remember all the miracles that we had. A, a lady had such a painful tooth in the back, she thought, well, I need to get this removed. And then she asked the Lord, Lord, can you do it? In the middle of the meeting, I called out something with a tooth. And God just took the tooth out, like just disappeared supernaturally in the meeting. Oh. Um, things like that started happening. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think what else happened here. Like I remember so many miracles happen all the time. Um, we've had, you know, we've had bald heads grow hair. We've had, um, but I went in another meeting in Virginia. And these three, this is awesome salvation testimony. We did open air in April, out, outdoors, open air. People came from New York, D.C., um, Baltimore, and these three lesbian ladies came and got radically saved wow to me that was that was the bigger miracle that even the even the almost in the even the dead rays you know sometimes um things like this are happening all over and so when you watch the news you think well oh things are bad but god's doing awesome stuff that it's not it's not always covered by cnn or fox news so it's it's, it's been super exciting Wow, that's amazing. That's very encouraging. And um, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but teach a little bit more on walking in gifting versus uh, walking in the glory. Yeah, so gifting, you know, a lot of people have gifts that they've honed in. They've learned how to get word of knowledge. They've learned deliverance. Well, deliverance is not a gift, but people get gifted at it because they do it more and more. Um, you know, healing, laying on hands, evangelism, intercession. There's different uh, gift of wisdom and the different gifts that, as the Bible explains, all the different gifts, and you can just work your gift. You know, you can just get up there, and people know how to get their gift motivated, or how to get it going, and they'll work. Let's say, example, healing. You know, they know how to let they lay hands on the sick, they have faith, they'll recover, and they have a healing gift on top of that, and they just do it, do it, do it. But you could have a gift of that or prophetic, and still not be in the presence of God and not be in the glory, and that's the danger. Because the gifts are irrevocable. So you could just have a you – know, I've seen people backslid and, and their gifts are still in operation. I mean some could be, someone could be drunk but still prophesy. You know, someone could be living in sin but still be able to heal the sick. So the gifts alone don't validate really the person. It validates God, but it doesn't validate the person. The key is, is the intimacy and the glory of God, the presence. And so that's the whole difference. So if I'm in a meeting – and I walk in and I see someone doing, let's say, healing lines and going one by one, praying for people. That's great. But when I walk into a meeting and I can sense the glory of God from the back of the room the moment I walk in, now we're not just in the gifting realm. We're in the glory realm. And when the glory hits a meeting, anyone can be touched and healed miraculously, even from the very back of the room in the lobby when they first walk in, to, or if the man of God prays for them or the woman of God prays for them. So I think that's the difference between gift and glory. The, the glory is coming from heaven. God stretches out his hand and can touch directly versus a gifting. A lot of times it's just dependent on the man or woman of God operating the gift. So what I do is I try to use my faith not to just get gifts in operation, 
But, Lord, I use my faith to go higher in the glory so the glory will cover the entire meeting. So that way people can be touched in the back and the front, especially when you're doing outdoor crusades. You know, you, there's, there's no way you can touch everybody. You, you want God's glory to show up. You know, we had demons coming out of people in California on the outdoor meeting. And people are dry, driving by, walking by. You see the cars. It's hilarious. We're just having revival right in the middle of the little town. And, uh, and right in between, in between a strip mall, like a parking lot of a strip mall, we put up stage and did a whole. So God's glory can show up in any setting. It could be at the store, at your church. It could be at your, at your school. God's glory can just explode. I was one time skiing, and I, I was just getting so full of glory. And one thing led to another. As I'm putting my skis away, the big line behind me, God just has me start preaching the gospel to the people. It started with the person asking me what I do. And people start getting convicted. They start getting healed right at the ski lodge. I mean, crazy. Wow. It's just fun. It's so fun. When God's glory shows up, it can just take over a whole business. Wow. That's amazing. To go uh, even back back in time, you uh, when you first got that impartation from Ruth Heflin, God stretched you, and you were ready to uh, have people just stand in line for you to lay hands on them, and God told you not to lay hands on anyone. Tell us about mm, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So another time, yeah, that's a good example there. So I was in Ruth Heflin's camp preaching because Ruth had become a friend and like a mother to us and come preach. Okay, I come. So I was in this new glory now, but I was still operating in old methods where I was limited, where I was just, all I knew was, okay, you know, healing line. So I'm over there in the meeting, the glory is so strong. And the Lord says, I don't want you to do a healing line and just do lay hands one on one. I want to show you something different. I said, but Lord, that's the only way I know how to operate. And he, and he, this one he starts showing me, it's better to be an amateur in the new thing than a professional in the old. I said, okay, Lord, how do you want to do this? He goes, all right, get up there and wait till I tell you what to do. And so that was much harder because I was like, Lord, hurry up. People are waiting for miracles. And the glory is happening. I'm singing in the spirit. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Then he just tells me, okay, just tell people to look in their mouths and see if their teeth turn to gold. I said, what? That sounds crazy. So I did it and like over 200 teeth turned to gold right there in the meeting and in, in, in like a split second like literally just said it people started looking and then people started just raising their hand all over the place and then eventually they came up to show us and i realized the speed of the glory was even way faster than the speed of the gifting even though the gift is from god the glory is lightning speed and so when the glory fills the place i've had people just paralyzed i was in indonesia three paralyzed guys just start coming out of the wheelchair i didn't pray for them i didn't even call a miracle i didn't call anything out the glory is strong. I'm just sharing, preaching, testifying. I'm about to go into miracles. I don't tell them. And these three guys just start walking up to me like zombies. I thought they were like, oh, maybe they're demon-possessed. Like, he goes, no, no, they walk funny because they haven't walked in years. And then they walk for the first time in many years. They're paralyzed. So the glory of God, I always say like the anointing, is, it's inside of you. And you sometimes you have to pray and release it. But when you're living in the glory realm, you're connecting with heaven, and heaven starts stretching out. God starts stretching out his hands directly at people, and it takes all the limits off. I'll see miracles beyond my faith when I'm in the glory. If I'm only operating in faith and gifting, then I see miracles up to my faith level. But when I'm in the glory realm, he takes me beyond my own faith level. It's like leverage. So I've seen like tattoos disappear on people. But if God told me, oh, go to this person with tattoos, lay hands on him and come in the tattoos that disappear, I don't know if I'd have the faith right. the first time that happened, because I'd never heard of that happening. But in the glory, you'll start to see things you never even heard of, never saw it documented anywhere. And so that's the exciting thing. It's like a pioneer. When you're in the glory, you can pioneer new things in the spirit with God. 
That's so good. And what you are describing is that God's limitless power. He's not limited by our understanding. And you wrote a book um, called Limitless Glory. Tell us about that and how, what it's going to do for people. Yeah, so in the book, I, I just finished it. I want people to take the limits off because I think a lot of times they get into formulas or methods, even good good stuff that works, but it, it, it works only in that little formula. Okay, if you do this and say this and do that, then this will happen. But if you just get into heaven's realm, suddenly all the limits are off on, on your personal destiny, on your finances, on, on the miracles that God can do, on everything in your life starts to shift when you take the limits off. It's like a whole different realm where anything, anything, anything is possible. And it's a combination of faith and glory because a lot of people focus just on faith. You know, you, you say this, you, you claim this, you you know, according to your faith, it shall be unto you. But what if you had a glory that was beyond your faith? You used your faith to get into that glory, but then God will do things beyond. And people say, well, is that biblical, beyond your faith? Yeah, he said he'll do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. So if you can't ask it and think it and aim your faith at it, then that has to be the glory realm. Because faith is, in essence, what you're believing for. So if it's beyond your faith, then you get use your faith to get into the glory, and then God will start doing things even beyond what you could ask or think. So that's the realm of limitless glory. Wow, that, that is so good. And what are some keys to walking in the glory? So the keys um, to walk in the glory, uh, the, the biggest one is hunger and desperateness. You know, when you're satisfied with where you're at, a lot of people, a lot of ministers, a lot of Christians, they're satisfied. You know, life is good. Why rock the boat? But when you're desperate, that's a, that's a huge one. And when you're desperate, you'll do desperate things. You'll do things you never did before. So you will spend, you know, so I'll just lock myself in my room sometimes and say, Lord, I'm not leaving here until you show up. And that, that desperateness draws God. God loves that. Imagine if your kids, you, you little kids that you love, Dad, I want to be with you so bad. I'm going to lock you in my room and not let you out. It'd be so cute because you, your kid just wants to be with you. That's kind of how it is with the Lord. So so I lock myself in with God, and he just shows up, loves on me, glory, just crazy things. So, so hunger and desperateness. Uh, number two, waiting on the Lord. A lot of people don't know how to wait on the Lord in this society with microwave Christianity and you know iPhones and Uber Eats, you can just order food, and it's at your house in a few minutes, and so everything's so fast-paced that, but you have to, like, literally lock yourself in and wait on the Lord. You know, I'll worship Him, I'll wait on Him, I'll pray some things, but really I'm in a waiting mode, and at some point, this heavy, heavy presence, glory just steps in the room, like, whoa, He's here, and then if everything changes. It's not, you're not praying your list anymore, you're communing with the Father, you're, it's, it's like, you're in heaven. It's really like you're in heaven. And I tell you what, the prayers get answered super, super fast in that realm. And I think a lot of people don't wait for the heavy presence of God's glory to show up. They, they pray a little bit. They praise. They do, they do their prayers. Okay, I need this, 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 Lord. Love you. They go to work. But if maybe you got to get up earlier if you work early. But if you wait or do it at night, you wait on the Lord. I think the waiting is a huge part in the Western culture, I don't think we've mastered it for the most part, and that's a big one right there. Um, and then there's other things, you know, you can do. Of course, praise and worship is always—that's like the air in heaven, you know, praise and worship is—there's um, different—there's fasting and praise. Sometimes you have to fast to break into it when you're in a season that's kind of dry. Sometimes you need to fast and pray your way in. And But I, I teach people, if you stay in the glory, what you had to do sometimes to get in it 
it doesn't take the same effort if you're already in it. People say, how do I stay in this glory realm now that I'm here? Or after a weekend of meetings, I'll say, here's the biggest secret. Don't get out. <laughs> Don't get out. They have to go back in. You know, like, stay in. So if you're staying in, you're staying in that realm of worship, intimacy, your thoughts, your, when you're at the store, when you're at work, you're, you're, you're just enveloped in that realm, then you're already in. It's much easier to stay in than try to get in the glory. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that's good. Now teach a little bit on prophecy in the glory. Okay. Yeah, so prophecy in the glory. I, you know, I've always prophesied, and the Bible says we can all prophesy. So I've prophesied over people and over things, and, you know, again, as a gift or just as by faith. You know, I think God's saying this, and I prophesied, and it happens. Or people say, wow, that was accurate. Or I prophesied to myself. So you can prophesy over yourself, words that you know the Lord's telling you or you've had in the past. But I notice when I do it in the glory realm, there's an acceleration. Because in heaven's glory, there's no time. So time is accelerated. So in the old days, you get a prophetic word, thus saith the Lord, you're going to go to Africa one day and do this or that. And maybe 20 years later, it happened. In this glory realm, because there's no time in the glory, often as the prophecy is being spoken, it's coming to pass almost in the same time. So again, I was like another trip in Africa. I'm in the airplane. First time to Africa. I'm in, I have a new glory now. It's the first year I'm in glory. But my, my mindset is still sometimes old thinking, old anointing. So in the glory realm, I'm there, and God says to me, I want you to prophesy right now that you're going to prophesy. You're going to minister. You're going to prophesy to the government in Africa when you go. I said, okay, I declare the government to open up in Jesus' name. I'm going to prophesy to him. Now, I just, I just did it. Didn't realize how fast the glory operates compared to the old days. So when I got to Africa, I did the crusades. I did the meetings, miracles. We had a resurrection. We had miracles. But um, I didn't realize. And so the pastor said the first day, is there anything we can do for you besides your hotel and your food? I said, well, can I talk to the president or the vice president? And he looked at me like I was crazy. That's what I thought he was thinking. And he didn't bring it up again, and I didn't bring it up again for a week. So I thought, okay, that was maybe not God. And then the last day, he, he calls me on my day off. Get dressed. Get your suit and tie. I'm coming in two hours to pick you up. I know it's your day off, but we're going to the vice president's house. I said, what? what why? Well, how did, well, you told me you wanted to speak to them. Oh, that was a week ago. Oh, he says, but man of God, we've been trying the whole week to find a way, and we found a way. And I said, well, what am I going to do with him? He goes, well, I hope you have a prophetic word for him. I said, well, I don't. He goes, well, you have two hours to come up with one. And I realized, oh, my gosh, the glory was working at lightning speed. But I was thinking, oh, maybe it'll be the next trip, maybe eventually. And so I spent two hours on my face before God, God, what is the word? What is the word? He finally gave me the word at the very end. And I started learning, okay, so next time I go to Washington, D.C., I'm speaking. Again, flying from France to D.C. I was in France at the time as a missionary. On the plane, the glory comes on me again. He goes, I want you to prophesy that you'll be in the White House prophesying. Okay, Lord. I get there. This is, this is I think, when Bush was president. And um, I'm in some meetings, and this intercessor comes up and says, you're supposed to be in the White House prophesying. I said, well, how am I going to do that? She goes, give me your Social Security. I know someone that knows someone. Next thing you know, the next day, I was cleared to go in. Wow. And I was in the, all the different Oval Office, the press room, all this, and just glory and prophesying. So it was just crazy. So a lot of this, these things I learned just by accident, you know, just operating this. I had this new glory, but I didn't realize how fast this thing was or how powerful it was until I started moving in it and realizing, wow, this thing is crazy. Uh, when, when buying property, when just anything or people that God wanted me to connect with, um, 
like little things, like or not, it's not little, but like we did a Awaken event, uh, Sun Devil Stadium, 2020, January 2020. It was the only state national stadium event in America in 2020 because mm-hmm. then the lockdowns happened. And uh, and I get this dream and the glory that Kanye West is coming to our event. I'm like, yeah, right, Kanye West and his whole choir is going to come. I just start laughing, and we and then the Lord kept bugging me about it. And I said, okay, I'll declare it, Lord. But it was already December. Our event is in a couple of weeks. He calls me a week before his agent and said, Kanye would like to come and he'll come with his choir. I mean, and it happened. It's just crazy. Wow. Off the chart stuff happens. Where in the normal you'd be like, oh, that was just a weird dream. That's not. It's just. It's not really. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, there's an acceleration when you're in this glory realm. It's a whole different world. It's like you're literally in heaven while your body's in earth, and things start to happen at lightning speed. Well, that's so good, and I think you've touched on this already, but in the book you teach on praying from your seat in the heavenly places instead of just praying from the earthly realm. Teach a little bit on that. Oh, yeah, I, I love that realm. So, you know, it says in, in that scripture, we are seated in heavenly places. So a lot of people think, well, when I die and go to heaven, I'll be seated in my heavenly place. But the Bible says that we are now seated in heavenly places. So I realized that when I get into the glory realm, there's a seat in heaven that I can sit on. Now, seats are really thrones of authority. So there's the throne of God. God's on his throne. But we have our own mini thrones or mini seats of authority that God's given us. Because even in the Bible, the two brothers that the mother was asking Jesus, hey, can he sit closer to you in heaven? To left, and Jesus said, well, it's not up to me to decide who gets to sit that close to the, the throne, but it shows the proof that there are throne, there are seats that we all have in heaven. And so I realized if you, when you're in the glory realm, you're worshiping, I'll, I'll just see myself sitting on the seat that God has for me. And when I pray for things, I'll pray for my seat of heaven in heaven versus just praying down here, oh God, please come here and do something. Please do this, please do that. I see myself seated in heavenly places, and from that place I'll decree. And I think that's why things happen a lot faster when you do it from that position versus just down here going, oh, hey, help me, won't you help me? Yeah, that's so good. So that's kind of the revelation on the seat of authority that God's shown me. And, I, and when I do it from that perspective, it, there's a whole difference. That's so good. Now, another thing in your book that you teach on is deliverance in the glory. And you're talking about how some people have been delivered when they're in the glory and one of the stories you had was King David, how when he played his harp and he would worship the Lord, the demons would leave Saul. So teach a little bit mm-hmm. on deliverance in the glory. Yeah, so a lot of people have deliverance ministries, and I used to do a lot of deliverance too. And in the old days, it would be a lot harder. You'd, you'd pray for them, and they'd be manifesting, and sometimes you're all night literally trying to get the demon out. Sometimes they come out right away, and sometimes you got these real stubborn ones, and it's just like, you know, your voice is hoarse sometimes. You sound like a demon after the hours of praying, you know. Hey, my name is David, and I do deliverance. You know, you sound like the demon's like, hey, is that us? Oh, no, that's that's the guy. We, we're not his voice. But the glory starts coming, and that's a whole different realm because they can't stay in that realm. They feel like a fish out of water. So worship and praise is one of the ways into the glory, which accelerates deliverance. California two weeks ago um, – during the altar calls, demons are coming out of the people because the demons couldn't stand it. Um, in Africa, that same trip to Africa, I'm up there singing, and the Lord said, I want you to show the people in Africa. They're good at deliverance, but I want you to show them how I can do it in the glory. And I'm thinking, well, wait, the Africans are better than me at deliverance anyway. Why, who, who am I to teach them? He says, no, I'll show them. Just do what I tell you. So, all right, so I'm up there. I get up on the stage. I, oftentimes, I'll sing in the spirit with the worship team behind me before I start ministering. And the Lord said to me, keep singing. 
and I'm going to do mass deliverance. I said, okay. And then I start to see in the spirit, I could see angels coming on the people. So he said to me, point where you see them. So I, I would say in the microphone, I see people coming here on the left side of the stairs of the outdoor crusade. And as I did that, swarms of people start falling out on the left. I would point, swarms start flying on the right. Now, during this whole time, there was this woman that was demon-possessed trying to come up on the stage. I call her Catwoman before the movie came out. She, was, she thought she was a cat, and she manifested like a cat, like she's going to scratch me. And she wanted to get on the stage and attack me or something. And I said, Lord, what do I do with her? He says, don't do anything. I'll, I'll tell you what to do. Just wait. So I'm ministering to all the people, and thousands are getting deliverance, and demons are coming out. And I'm just singing. I'm not tired from doing deliverance. I'm not asking them, what's your name? What's your favorite color? How long have you been there? <laughs> I'm not going through all the motions. I'm just – heaven's glory. It's like nuclear just hitting the place, and masses of demons come out. And I, so I was singing, too, in heaven there's no demons, and they, they know that. They're not allowed to be in that realm. And then I said, now what do I do with the cat woman here? She's really you know, causing a ruckus. He says, now just ask all those deliverance angels that just hit the whole crowd to take care of her. She had like a principality that was operating through her. And I just pointed to the crowd. I said, okay, with the angels on my left and my right, please now take care of this woman's problem. And immediately threw herself to the ground. Demons are coming out, came up in her right mind. So many people got saved after that. And there's no way in the natural, if you were to do one-on-one, each person, thousands of people, right? How long have you had this? What's your, I mean, yeah, it just, you know, I learned in France because my theology got changed really fast because I was taught, you know, when you start off in the Pentecostal, they say, well, you can't have a demon once you get saved. Well, that theory got blown away really fast when this young man we had led to the Lord, his family's been coming to the meetings, he has been coming, spirit-filled, but he had some issues with anger. One day he said to me, can you pray for me? I have anger against my father. I said, okay, let's pray. We pray. I said, hey, would, okay, so say these words, I forgive my father. Oh, I can't, it's hard. So you have to choose to forgive your father from the past hurts that he had. So he did. Okay, I choose to. And then he lunged at me. Like He turned to the Incredible Hulk, and he started lunging at my throat like he's going to choke me. He goes, I'm going to kill you. He just The spirit of murder came on him. So I didn't do theology at that moment and think, oh, no, you don't have a demon because you're saved. Right. I, I did. I, I shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> I knocked the thing out, commanded to leave him. Demons came out of him. And then later I went, okay, I guess Christians need deliverance too. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of theology, your theology gets trained when you're on the mission field. You see what's really what in the spirit realm versus just a theory that someone tells you. If I stuck by my theory that no Christian can have a demon, I would be dead by now probably. It would choke me to death. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's that's powerful. Now, um, there's people that are they're listening right now. They're just, they, they may not even be in ministry. They're just an everyday housewife. Uh, stay-at-home mom, you yeah. know, maybe they have just like a, a business, but they're they're not in full-time ministry. Can you speak to those people and just tell them they they can walk in this too? Oh, this is for everybody, definitely. Yeah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, if you had a long drive to work, that's a great time. You can have time in the morning, and then when you go into work, continue in the car. Put the worship on, praise the Lord, and he'll start to, he'll start to shift things at your work. You, you, God will start to use you on your lunch break. Your promotions will come. Just favor will come. Even at home, just washing the dishes, you know, your your mom with your kids, you can have some incredible, incredible visitation times in your house while the kids are playing. Well, it, it's for everybody. You know, you're working maybe a construction job. I mean, I see people all the time to come to our meetings from every walk of life, and they're desperate for God's glory, not necessarily just so they can use it to have a ministry. They just want to be close to God as much as possible, and God's using them with 
the supernatural in their place of influence, their school, their home with their kids, at their work, the bank, um, even even government officials we prayed for, and they were so hungry for God in other countries. And so this is really for everybody. God wants everyone to have his glory. You know, when Moses went up the mountain, he wanted all of Israel to come up, but but they were too scared. So they said, okay, send Moses. But really, he, he wanted all of us to be kings and priests unto him. Um, doesn't mean you have to have a huge ministry or, or a known or any kind of – we all have a ministry, but maybe not might not be a 501c3 where that's all you do. But everyone listening right now in my voice, you have a ministry to minister to somebody, but your first ministry is to the Lord. He, he wants to be the one worshipped and loved, and he wants to visit you like never before. And then in that, God will transform you, your life, your family, and those that you touch every day, your work, your friends. And you'll see, you could see the same kind of miracles. You don't have to be in full-time ministry. You could see the same kind of visitations. It's, it's just, how hungry are you is the question. And then you'll act on it. You'll spend that time with the Lord. You'll press in until he shows up and things will start to change. The book will really help you, though, because it'll, it'll more of a step-by-step guide on how to enter these realms. That's so good. Now, so many people are discouraged by what they're seeing in the world these days and, and also in America. And they're just uh, seeing all the darkness that's going on. But you're seeing a lot of the glory. Just uh, teach a little bit on what you see coming for for America and also for the for the world. Well, the Bible says when darkness abounds, the grace abounds much more. And when I say grace, I don't mean hyper grace. I mean glory. Right. You know, God shows that his light is greater. So, yeah, the Bible says this is an exciting part. So we're actually in the most exciting time of history. You think, how could that be? Well, it says it right there. We're in the part where Jesus says you see wars, rumors of wars. So there's rumors of wars with China and Russia and North Korea and Iran. Pestilence, which what the virus, right? The virus is all it was worldwide. We've never seen that before. You'll see earthquakes in various places, floods, famines, and some places they'll persecute you, take you to jail. That started happening in the U.S. actually. They st- I think two ministers went, to, one went to jail, one almost did. But I mean, it's just starting. Right. And then the Lord says, "But the end is not yet." When you see these things, the end is not yet. So it's not the end yet. It says, "This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come." So it's the beginning of the birth pains. Yeah, we are very close to the end, end of the end, but we're not there just yet. Something has to happen, a worldwide harvest of souls. He says the, it's, it's the beginning, it's a sign. But so my part, I focus on the, but this gospel shall be preached in all the world. So I'm on the offense. I'm, on, I'm not on defense hiding in my house, scared of the police, scared of a virus, scared of, I'm on offense. I'm, I'm out there in the streets. We're out there, uh, crusades, we're going to foreign countries. We're, we're seeing the glory. So we're just in that realm. And when you're in that realm, you're the you're, you're part of the help. You're part of the solution, not the problem. So as you see the times get darker, if you look back in history, if you were in the 1960s and you were a Christian all your life and then the 60s happened, you would think it's the end of the world. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, race riots were happening in the 60s. Um, all the laws were being changed. Morality was at the worst, worst, worst level. And in the middle of all that, the Jesus movement happened with the same hippies. crazy, And and all of a sudden, a revival hit for the next season. So 1929, if you were in America then, you would think it's the end. The stock market crashed. No one has any money. People are jumping out of windows. And the 30s, one of the greatest revivals happened. So now it's even darker. So guess what? It's the perfect – God picks the, the lowest point often in a nation and in the church when he shows up. We're like, we're at the end. Like, Lord, if you don't show up here, it's finished. And it looks like that in, even in America. But I believe that's why we're on the verge of the greatest, greatest shift and revival. 
that has ever happened. Yes, these end-time things will happen. The Bible prophesies. It talks about an Antichrist. It talks about all kinds of things, wars and Israel, different things. But it also mentions this end-time harvest has to come first. And there's still pockets and nations that haven't fully heard the gospel. I mean, North Korea hasn't had a full opening of the gospel. Uh, Saudi Arabia had here and there, but hasn't had the full. So you know it's not in America. So many young people that grew up now in America have never fully heard the gospel. It's not like uh, our grandparents' generation. So if you're listening to me in your your fear, get in the glory, get in God's presence, and just start doing your destiny, doing works of God, and you won't be in fear. You'll be victorious. Even Paul and Silas, they were under Roman occupation of a foreign power. Imagine if a foreign country like China or Russia took over America and you're living under their thumb. That's what they were living under in Israel. They were like a foreign Italians taking over Israel. And yet, and then on top of that, the religious Pharisees were persecuting them, trying to get them killed and jailed, and they're preaching the gospel. They go to jail. They're worshiping in the jail. The glory comes in. There's no jails in heaven. So on earth as it is in heaven, boom, it becomes no jail. And they go back to preach the gospel in the place that they were arrested. So I'm, what I'm saying is this could get actually very exciting and fun if you make it fun. If you stay in the glory realm, there's no fear. And if there's no fear, you could actually have fun in the end times. I know it sounds crazy to say that, but it could actually be really, really exciting. God chose you, you that are listening, to be alive at this time in history. He could have chose you 100 years ago, 50 years ago. He chose you to be alive at this time towards the end of the end because you were perfectly made for this time. He just wants you to get close to him and be used in the way that God has a destiny for your life. And it could be the best of times. For me, it's the best of times. It's just, I'm super excited. The, the darker the enemy makes it, the more the harvest is ripened because people are crying out for something. So either way, the devil loses. Well, That's how I see it. That is so encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we're running out of time, but can you just pray over the listeners right now anything the Lord is leading you to pray? Yeah, Lord, I just pray right now. I break off the spirit of fear, that the spirit of faith and excitement would come on your people. They would have hope. They would have vision. The scripture comes to mind. I've given you a future. I've given you a hope. I've not come to destroy you or to hurt you, but to give you a hope and a future. So I thank you, God, for the people watching, that you would give them excitement. You would give them hope. The glory of God would invade even now as they're lifting their hands and closing their eyes. Let your presence and your glory just invade the room, invade their car invade them on their iPhone, on their computer, on their TV. Just let your glory just invade them right now, the tangible presence of the glory of God to fill the room. We can feel it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, David Herzog. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Dr. David Herzog has been operating in the glory for years. And his brand new book, Limitless Glory, he wants to teach you secrets he's learned about operating in the glory. Also, in his brand new and exclusive two-part audio teaching series, the ABCs of entering and walking in the glory, David will mentor you step-by-step how to enter into God's presence. Call now for David Herzog's brand new book, Limitless Glory, and his brand new and exclusive two-part audio teaching series, The ABCs of Entering and Walking in the Glory. You'll also receive David's favorite worship album. It kicks him into the glory every time, called No More Delay by Steve Swanson. 
as you listen to this worship album, you will experience the glory of God, all for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9767. Once again, the offer number is 9767. As you listen to this worship album, I believe the same presence of the glory of God that descends and comes out of David Herzog as you worship, especially with this album, that glory of God is designed to come upon you. It's all for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9767. Once again, that's offer number 9767.